How are we feeling today, United Church? We feeling good? Come on. 9.30, how are we feeling? We feeling good today? Come on. Man. Last week, we started this brand new series called I Still Got Issues, and it was, it was so good. Um, I'm, I'm excited because people, you showed back up, and uh, that shows me a couple things. One, that you are, you are ready and that you are willing to do the hard work and the heavy work of finding freedom in your life. I, I've talked about this so many times, but we want people to know God, but we don't only want people to know God, we want them to find freedom. That's the second piece of all of this. And I believe that today is going to be another step in the direction of finding freedom in your life. It's gonna be amazing. But I wanna set this up today with a question, and, and I want you to kind of go with me for a second. How many of you had a parent in your life or a coach or maybe a teacher or instructor in your life that when you began to say, like, this is so hard, like when you, you began to come against something that was uh, in, in opposition in your life and you're like, this is so hard, like they would come back with the quote, you know what, life is hard. Anybody have that parent or have that teacher or that, yeah, 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 yeah. We all have like the, somebody in our life that like they were the, the, the hard-nosed person. They, they didn't hold anything back. They wanted you to know that life is hard. They were right, you know, in high school and that's, when that's all you face, like high school is hard. Like, if you remember back to the, the, the test and pop quizzes, how many of y'all hated pop quizzes? Anybody hate pop quizzes? I hated pop quizzes. There was nothing worse. The only thing worse than a quiz was a pop quiz. The only thing worse than a test was like a pop, like, you just don't, don't pop anything on me. Let me know. I got to prepare for this. But, but high school was hard. And then you went to college, and college was hard. And some of you made college a little bit harder on yourself, right? You know, you know what I'm talking about. You stayed up late and woke up, had to wake up early college was hard and then you step out of college and you get into your profession and and sometimes your career is hard like you've got deadlines and you've got meetings and you have a, a heavy load that you have to carry your career is hard and then for some of you, you you're married and marriage is hard can I get a good amen on that yeah, marriage is difficult. Like, there's ups and there's downs. There's in-betweens. There's everywhere. You journey all around, and, uh, and marriage is hard. And then you have kids. Uh, exactly. <laughs> like, being a parent is hard. Jesus, take the wheel, right? Like, we just need him from time to time to, to take over. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I say it all the time, but when we had my, our son, Jace, like, uh, I, I didn't have him, Sherry had him, um, so I said I when we had him. Uh, Sherry, let me make that very clear. But, but one of the things I say all the time, it was like, it's the best, hardest thing I've ever done. Like, raising a, a kid is the best, hardest thing. And, and, and then we kind of journey on through life, and we, we have to work with our aging parents, and, 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 and we, we deal with all kinds of things, thinking about your future, and we just realize that life really is, life is hard. And Paul, we read a, a verse from him last week in Romans chapter seven. He would have amened that. He would have said, yes, pastor, that is true. We, we read this verse in Romans chapter seven, verse 15. He said, I don't really understand myself. <laughs> he said, for what I want to do, I want to do what is right, excuse me, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. Pa Paul knew this truth that life is hard, that life is Difficult, and, and, and here's what I began to realize is that every single situation that we find ourselves, yes, life is hard, but, but there's often times in our life where we get to choose our heart. I, I remember uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, this came across, somebody sent this to me, and it's been floating around social media, and I thought it was actually pretty interesting and kind of lined up with where we we're going today, so I wanted to share it today because all of life is hard, but, but there's some hards that we can choose. You see, the truth is obesity is hard, fitness is hard, but you get to choose your heart. The second one, it said marriage is hard, divorce is hard, you, you choose your heart. 
He continues that being in debt is hard, being financially disciplined is hard, choose your heart. Some of y'all have been through Financial Peace University and you've experienced the freedom of what it looks like. You and Dave Ramsey are, you know, y'all are tight, you know what I'm saying? Y'all know each other well, but you know what it's like to choose between being in debt and choose between being financially disciplined. Uh, uh, Communication is hard, not communicating is hard. You choose your heart. And then this wasn't, the next one wasn't in there, but I added it because I knew you would love it. Counseling is hard. <laughs> you thought I would be done with that, talking about that last week. No, I'm back. <laughs> Here we go. He says, counseling is hard. Not doing counseling is hard. You just choose your heart. Like, pastor, counseling is difficult. Well, of course it is. You're talking about your past, but the only thing worse than talking about it is not talking about it and acting like it's gonna go away. So we, we choose our heart. You see, life will never be easy. It will always be hard, but we can choose our heart. And he continues, and he says, Pick wisely, choose wisely. Life is hard. You see, there's a group of people in the Bible, they were the people of God, the Israelites, that knew what it was like to, to experience a hard life. If you uh, know anything about like the end of the book of Genesis into the book of Exodus, like it's an amazing piece of scripture. It's an amazing narrative where you begin to see, I wanna encourage you, if you've never read like all of Genesis and Exodus, there's a lot of, um, a lot of things going on, but it's very, it's very informative to how the entire narrative of, of scripture lines up. But um, we, we see these people, that the Israelites, they, they know what it was life to, like to experience a hard life. If you have your Bible, turn with me to Exodus chapter 14. We'll be there in just a moment, but I wanna kinda set this up before we jump in to Exodus chapter 14 because in Exodus chapter one, we see there's a new pharaoh uh, that's been put into place, a new king of Egypt. There's a new sheriff in town, if you will. And so we see this is beginning to build, and again, at the end of Genesis, the book of Exodus, we see there's been some, some friendliness between like, the people of God and the Egyptians by, by the relationships that have been built, but now there's a, a new pharaoh in town, and he begins to oppress them so that they don't fight against the Egyptians. Like He begins to oppress them. There's no better way to say it, that he places them in slavery. He places taskmasters over the people of God in order to dictate how they live. And we fast forward to Exodus chapter three, we see God calls a man named Moses, which many of you have heard the name of Moses, and uh, it's a good, it's like a safe bet. If you're ever talking about the Old Testament, Moses or Noah, that's a safe bet, or Abraham, that's another good one. There's like three that you, if, if everybody ever asks you, New Testament, we know it's Jesus, exactly, you know that. So we, we just, we know this, and so we see that Moses has been called by God to go and to, to, to go to Pharaoh. Y'all remember Pharaoh, Pharaoh. Okay, you don't remember? Thank you so much, three of us. That's okay, we, we've been in counseling from our traditional church. Anyways, but that's beside the point, but Exodus chapter three, God calls Moses to go to Pharaoh, and now we fast forward to Exodus chapter 12, and the people of God have been released, and I can only imagine the feeling that was going home over the people of God, like, freedom, like freedom, like we have made it, like we're out of captivity. Well, almost free, almost Free. Exodus chapter 14, um, I, actually before I get into this, I, want, I just wanna say this, uh, if you don't have a Bible today, I wanna encourage you to stop by Next Steps. It would be our honor and privilege to, to place a Bible in your hands because I truly believe that the word of God is the only thing that's gonna help you combat everything that you're coming against in culture. 
Let me, let me just stop here for a second because this past week I got an opportunity to go to the Museum of the Bible, and um, it was one of the most, uh, one of the most amazing things I've, in, in Washington, D.C., and if it sounds boring, that's because you're boring. Anyways, but that's beside the point. You should go. You should check it out. It's absolutely amazing. It was mind-blowing to me to be able to experience some of these things. The Bible came alive in 3D, and I was able to walk through this portion, which began to show all of the translations of the Bible, the, all the languages that have been translated into the Word of God. Y'all would be staggered at the amount of verses and chapters and scriptures and testaments that have not been translated into any language around the world. Like, there are still people around the world. Like, this shook me. Like, we're going to be talking about legacy offering in the next uh, couple months, but we're going to be uh, helping some of these translations move forward. But when, it shook me so much to know that there are people in the world, there are people in the world who don't have access to the Word of God. And I begin to think about our church, and I begin to think about culture you know, the only thing different about them and us is that we actually have the Bible, yet we don't open it. And so biblical illiteracy, I believe, is something that, it, biblical emaciation is something that we are battling as a culture and as a church, not just United Church, but as the church in the United States of America. I believe as Christians, come on, we need to get trained in the word of God so that when culture comes at us, we know how to combat everything that's coming against us, you know? Some of y'all are like, that's sassy. Listen, that's why I wore a blazer so I could say that today. <laughs> I don't want to shame you, but I want to encourage you. Like, would you move on? I will move on in just a second. I want to encourage you, get the word of God. Eat the word of God. Just take the word of God. Let it change your life. It will change you. Because when you begin to watch the news and when you get them to talk about the media and all of the popular culture things, you will have nothing to combat any of that unless you have the word of God hidden in your heart. Exodus 14. Can we move on now? Is that cool? Exodus, some of you are like, please. Exodus 14, verse number five. It says, when the king of Egypt was told that the people had fled, the mind of Pharaoh and his servants was changed toward the people. They said, what is this we have done that we have let Israel go from serving us? The Pharaoh in this moment's like, we've let the people of God go. Now I actually have to wake up and make my own omelet. Like, what are we doing? Get those people back. He says, verse six, says, so he made ready his chariots and took his army with him, took 600 chosen chariots and all the other chariots of Egypt with officers over all of them. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued the people of Israel while the people of Israel were going out defiantly. Verse nine, the Egyptians pursued them, all Pharaoh's horses and chariots and his horsemen and his army and overtook them encamped at the sea by Pi-Haharoth in front of Baal-Zephon. And when Pharaoh drew near, the people of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them, and they, were, and they feared greatly. And the people of Israel cried out to the Lord. I, I feel the, the pressure here. I feel the, the, the events of what's happening in this passage. That The people of God have been released. They have been let go, and now they're turning around and they're seeing these people bearing down on them. Like they just were yelling, freedom, like freedom, like we have been released from this bondage and now they're yelling, almost free. You ever felt that way? You ever felt like, like that substance that, that held you? Like you were free, but it was like almost like as if you had stepped out of the gate, like you were just almost free. 
Maybe for you it wasn't the substance, like you can write that off. Maybe for you it was some other sort of addiction. And you stepped out, like you, you realized like you had been kind of, you had walked into freedom, but it was like almost free. It wasn't like, it was kind of like the, uh, the pop goes the weasel, like you're, you're, you're out and then you're back in, you're out and then you're back in. Maybe for you it wasn't like an addiction, maybe for you it was like an action, like your anger or your reaction. That, that thing you thought you had freedom from, but yet it just continues to rear its ugly head in your life, that memory, that desire, that urge, and I'm sure the Israelites felt this. Church, today there's a few things I see in this passage that, that, that are true about finding freedom in your life. They're true about what it looks like to not only know God, but to find freedom. The first one is this, is that the exit is never easy. The exit is never easy. Listen, if you, if you don't normally take notes, I would encourage you to take notes today because I believe that it would be so helpful for you in this season or the next season of your life. Like, you have to understand when you are finding freedom that the exit is never easy. The people of God have been in captivity for 430 years. 430 years, these people, like, so for generations, they didn't even know what it was like to know freedom. They didn't even know what it was like to, to be free, like their parents and their grandparents. They, they had been in captivity, and now Moses was, was sent as an advocate to, 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 to advocate for their release, to go to Pharaoh and say, hey, you need to let the people of God go. And after he went to Pharaoh to say, hey, you need to let the people of God go, we see that the Israelites, the people of God, they had been enslaved, and they were making bricks, and now he takes the straw out of the bricks, and not only, does he, not only does he keep them in slavery, but he actually makes the process harder. We see that Moses, he, he continues to come back, and he brings these plagues, the boils, and the locusts, and the hail, and on and on it goes, and as the Israelites fought for their freedom, the exit only got more and more difficult. And isn't that how life goes? The moment that you set your heart and your mind on finding freedom, doesn't it seem like all hell is coming against you? Like the moment that you decide, listen, I'm not just gonna settle with knowing God, that's amazing, that's gonna get me into heaven, but finding freedom, come on, that's gonna get heaven into me? Like the moment that you decide that, the moment you're like, listen, I'm not gonna settle for this, it seems like it's when it all begins to rear its ugly head again. It feels like the moment when you try to work on whatever it is you need to work on that it all blows up in your face and you find yourself asking this question, why even try? You been there spiritually? Like why even try? Like the, it, it seems like the harder I try, the harder it gets. Like the harder I try, it seems like the treadmill just gets turned up faster. Church, I can tell you this with confidence when it comes to finding freedom that the exit is never easy. I, I don't wanna stand up here and lie to you. Let me ask you, are you there? Like doesn't it seem like the minute that you begin to work on your purity, that's all that begins to happen is, is the pop-ups on your social media? Like the moment that you try to work on like staying pure when you get online, like it just seems like those are the things. Do, do we think that's actually by chance? Like the moment that you begin to work on your marriage and she's all you see or he's all you see, why is that? You think that's by chance? Like the moment you begin to work free from that addiction and your friends start texting you more to ask you to come over, do you think that's by chance? The moment that you begin to work on your anger, something else bad happens, church, when it comes to finding freedom, the exit 
is never easy. And what the people of God didn't know is this, is that Moses had been fighting for their freedom long before the people of God were fighting for their own freedom. That Moses had been advocating for them behind the scenes before they even knew what was happening. And you're like, what does that have to do with anything? Listen, I want to let you know that, husband, there's a wife that's been advocating for you in front of the father before you even were fighting for yourself. She was fighting for you. Wife, what you need to know is there's, there's a husband that's been praying for you, and you didn't know that he was praying for you, but he's been advocating for you on your behalf. Addict, you didn't know this. But there's a mom or a dad who's been crying out to God, saying, God, would you set them free? God, would you release them? Before you were even working on your own sobriety, there was somebody begging God for your sobriety. You see, church, what we have to understand is there's such a much, um, so much bigger picture, like the emotionally unhealthy person in here, you gotta know there's a friend who's been praying to God for your freedom. Church, the exit is never easy, but can I tell you, it will always be worth it. It'll always be worth it. And so we put ourselves back in this passage. The Israelites are free, almost free, and now they begin to look up and the, the Egyptians are bearing down on them. Like this is getting pretty intense. And we get to verse number 11. It says, they said to Moses, listen to how ungrateful these people get. They said to Moses, is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? What have you done to us in bringing us out of Egypt? Is not this what we said to you in Egypt? Leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians. For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. Isn't it like you and I to begin to complain to God how hard it is when he's just released us from captivity? There's a little piece of us that, 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 is, that, that we actually become friends with our sickness. And we're like, oh, no, I don't, I don't know if I want to go forward. Like, 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 Moses, did you really bring us out here because you were going to bury us? Like, like, there was no plots to be had back in Egypt? Like, what are you doing? Church, can I tell you, the exit is never easy. The second thing I want you to see is this, is that the process is never painless. You're like, that's the same thing. No, it's not. The exit is the initial. The process is the path. The exit is the moment that God says, no, you're free, but the process is something that you've got to work on over and over and over. You see, it took God days to get the Israelites out of Egypt, but it took them years to get the Egypt out of them. I think some of y'all missed that. Because these people had been in captivity for 430 years. Like, freedom happens, and like, God can free you in a moment. You understand that, right? But there's going to be a process that you have to walk, off, walk out where you are hand in hand with the creator. It's absolutely amazing. You see, it took him days to get the Israelites out of Egypt, but it took the Israelites years to get the Egypt out of them. They were working this process. They were working this plan. And maybe you've experienced victory, but you're tempted to go back to the very place that God just delivered you from. And that's exactly where the Israelites found themselves. They're like, thanks a lot, Moses. Thanks a lot, like, like you freed us from Egypt, but you're, they're about to kill us right here. Thanks, Moses, I appreciate it. 
And they had been so bound. I, I was thinking through this that they didn't even know what freedom felt like. They didn't have enough faith to see what God was doing. And sometimes you don't have enough clarity in the moment to see how far God has brought you. You are so zoomed into the canvas that you can't see the masterpiece that God is working on your behalf. And I've said it before, but I'll say it again. Listen, you may not be where you want to be, but praise God, you're not where you used to be. That God is working a masterpiece on your behalf. And sometimes we can't get enough, we can't get zoomed out enough, we can't get enough space and distance away from this thing to see what God is doing. The process is never painless. It kind of reminds me of the old gym shorts or pajamas, the holy shirt that you wear when nobody else is home with you but you or maybe your, your, your husband or wife or your kids. Some of y'all are shaking your head. I'm not talking about like holy, like H-O-L-Y. I'm talking about like holy, like H-O-L-E-Y. You know what I'm saying? Some of y'all got... You're like, but, but pastor, they're comfortable. And they are, I've got them too. When the doorbell rings, I sprint to my room to change them. Anybody with me? You gotta go past the front door to get to my steps, it's unfortunate, and there's glass on each side. You just run fast, that's what you do. But I know some of y'all like, pastor, they're, they're comfortable, and, and yeah, they are comfortable, but they're old, smelly, and gross. And I started to think about this, that that some of you have become so comfortable with whatever your wound is that you identified last week that although it's old, smelly, and gross, you would rather hold on to that than to walk the process because it's painful. Church, let me encourage you that the only thing more painful than walking through the process is staying in your pain. But the enemy will rock you to sleep and make you actually think that it's better. If I just stay here, if I just stay here, it's gonna be better. Can I encourage you? It is not better. There is nothing better about staying in your wounds. There's nothing better about staying in your past. Come on, can I tell you, God has an amazing future for you, but the process is never painless. I don't wanna lie to you today. I wanna tell you the truth. Some of us need to, we need to go to, to Target or Kohl's or wherever you buy your pajamas and get some new pajamas. That's proverbial, but, but really, we need to move on because we need to understand that this, this process, it, it's, not, it's not painless. Church, can I tell you, rehab is not painless. It's not, but it's worth it. That accountability is not painless, but it's worth it. Withdrawal is not painless, but it's worth it. Counseling, oh, here he goes again. It's not painless, but it's worth it. And sometimes you have to experience the pain of the process before you can experience the freedom of the Father. That it's oftentimes the pain of the process leads into the freedom that the Father can only give us. And I'm thankful that the passage doesn't just stop there because that feels overbearing. That feels overwhelming. Check out verse number 13. And Moses said to the people, Moses, was, let me just take a time out. Moses is a lot nicer than I am. M Moses is actually, he's a, he's a little bit compassionate with them. I probably would have handled this differently, but that's okay. That's why he's in the Bible, and I'm not. It says, and Moses said to the people, fear not, stand firm, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. Like these people, They've been in captivity for 430 years. Moses advocates for them, and now they're crying about it. Like, if I'm Moses, I'm like, suck it up. 
You remember where you used to be? You remember how bad that was? You remember how terrible that was? But no, 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 Moses, he says this. He says, fear not, stand firm. And I love this, see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, he says, you shall never, never, never see again. Hey, that thing you've been struggling with in the past, when you take it to God and, and you begin that exit process, you begin to walk that path, that process, those things that you're struggling with, you will never see them again. That's the power that God has in your life. That's the power, but it takes us saying, hey, I'm bringing this to you, God. And there's some of you today who need freedom from something. Can I tell you, this verse is for you. Pastor, it's not gonna be easy. You know what Moses said? He said, fear not. Pa Pastor, this is... It's not gonna be painless. Moses says, stand firm. Pastor, I can't do this by myself. And God's thinking, that's amazing because you don't have to. He's got it. Fear not. Stand firm. And he'll do it. These people were ready to give up and go back. Moses is like, listen, don't give up and go back. You gotta stand up and you gotta go forward. Can I implore you today that that fighting for whatever it is, the freedom that God has called you to fight for, it is worth it. Your marriage is worth it. Your purity, sir, is worth it. Like the emotional health that you're struggling with, it's worth it. Can I encourage you, don't go back, don't, don't sit down or, or, or walk backwards. Come on, can I just encourage you today to stand up and to, to keep moving? And then Moses gets to my favorite, my favorite verse in all of the Bible. Favorite verse. If I ever say it again, know that I'm not telling you the truth. This is my favorite verse. Exodus 14, 14. This is a verse that me and Sherry have built our life on. This is a verse that we have built our ministry on. This is a verse that I've built my faith on, verse 14. It says, the Lord will fight for you. And you have only, this is the hard part, to be silent. Hey, can I tell you in this finding freedom process, the Lord will fight for you. Can I tell you that God loved you enough to bring you here today to tell you that the Lord will fight for you? That when you don't feel like fighting for yourself, that's okay, the Lord will fight for you. We'll do a whole other sermon on the second part about being silent, anybody need that one? We'll, we'll come back to that at some point, yeah, yeah. I make it worse, I know, you do too, it's okay. But today I want us to stand on the truth that the Lord will fight for you. Don't, don't discount the second part because you're not there yet, like keep working on it, the Lord will fight for you. Listen, if it's hard, if it's painful, can I tell you you're in the right spot? And I don't know what that wound is that we talked about, identified last week. If you missed last week, go back and watch it. It'll help you find this freedom we're talking about. But I know it's painful. I know it hurts. I know what you've been through is the worst thing that you've ever been through. But I want you to hear me say this today, that the Lord will fight for you. The God of the universe. Let that sink in. 
I know you got so much Fox News and CNN going on in your head right now that it's hard to take it in. But the Lord will fight for you. You got so much Facebook and Instagram going through your head, but you need to hear me say this. The Lord will fight for you. gets to verse 15. The Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the people of Israel to go forward. Can I tell you this, that the exit is never easy, the process is never painless, but, but the future is always forward. You gotta keep moving. You're doing better than you think you are. God's writing a crazy, amazing story with your life. Like he's doing something spectacular that you may not be able to see, but you're doing better than you think. In church, the pathway to liberation is always forward. Can I encourage you today to keep moving? Just keep going, one foot in front of the other. Like, Pastor, I thought I'd be further along by now. You know what? I did too. I thought I wouldn't get angry at the same things that used to make me get angry, but guess what? I'm still there, but God is working on me, and I'm going to continue to move forward. I thought I'd be further in the grieving process. I thought I'd be further in the addiction process. I thought I'd be further away from that substance than I really am. The future is always forward, and can I just tell you real quick, maybe some of you have been You've struggled with something in the past. This is like not even, this is, this is free right here. But you've struggled with an addiction or you've struggled with a substance and you continue, if this stage is the line, you continue to walk so close to that line and you wonder why you still fall into that. Can I tell you part of growing in Christ, part of holiness and sanctification and learning more about the heart of God is saying, hey, I know I could walk right here, but that's not wise. I'm gonna put as much space between me and alcohol, me and pornography, me and addiction. I'm gonna put as much space as I can between that and me because that's how much I hate sin. Church, can I just encourage you just to keep moving? Maybe you're like, how does this story end? Some of you know how this story ends, but, but let me read it to you, verse 21, chapter 14. As then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. The Lord drove the sea back by a strong east wind all night, made the sea dry land, and the waters were divided. And the people of Israel went into the midst of the sea on dry ground. Some of you are about to walk through on dry ground. So the waters being a wall to them on their right hand and on their left, and the Egyptians pursued them and went in after them into the midst of the sea. And all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen, and in the morning watched the Lord in the pillar of fire and of cloud look down on the Egyptian forces, and they threw the Egyptian forces into a panic. They, they didn't even know what to do. They were barreling down on them. The sea's on one side, the army's on the other. The people of God begin to walk through, and the people, the Egyptians begin to chase them, and they begin to clog their chariot wheels so that they drove heavily. And the Egyptians said, let us flee from before Israel. I love this. For the Lord fights for them against the Egyptians. Come on, it will become evident to people around you that the Lord is fighting for you. Then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea that the water may come back upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots and upon their horsemen. 
And so Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. The sea returned to its normal course. And when the morning appeared, as the Egyptians fled into it, the Lord threw the Egyptians into the midst of the sea. The ones that he promised that you'd never see again, he threw them into the sea. The waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen. Pastor, can I believe this? Yes, historians have gone back to the Red Sea and they find chariots and remains in the bottom of the Red Sea. This isn't just a cute story. This is truth. This isn't something that we read to our babies at night and say, hey, God can do anything. This is truth. He can do anything. But the people of Israel walked on dry ground through the sea, the waters being a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. And thus the Lord saved Israel that day from the hand of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. That's graphic, but that's awesome. And Israel saw the great power that the Lord used against the Egyptians. So the people feared the Lord and they believed in the Lord and in his servant Moses. I know it's not easy. I know it's not painless, but it's always forward. Today, my prayer for you, my, my heart for you, my, my begging for you is that you stop looking back and you start looking forward and begin to put one foot in front of the other. And today, as we sing this song review in just a moment, listen, the experience is not over. If you leave, you will distract somebody else from having a moment with God that they need right now, and I don't want you to do that, so I want you to, to stay seated. Let these words wash over you, and let me pray for you as we worship our King. Father, we love you today. We're thankful for a church where we can talk about the heavy and the hard, but God, we can know that you are with us every step of the way. God, I pray that today that you would give us the boldness that you would give us the boldness to walk through the exit, to walk the process, and to know that we're moving forward, that we're doing better than we think we are. Give us courage. Let these words wash over us today. May we never forget this moment. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.